Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. On this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, we are featuring poems submitted to Viewless Wings and read by the authors. We love providing a platform for poets to share their words on viewlesswings.com and their voices on the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast. Visit viewlesswings.com to learn more about how to submit your poem for a future episode or find Viewless Wings on submittable.com. And now we turn the mic over to our first featured poet. My name is Kathy Whitmire. I am a poet from Eden, New York, but I'm also a mom, a sustainability lawyer, and engineer trying to save the world from my little spot in Liechtenstein. I host wordtoaction.com. Today I'm going to read to you a poem called Succulent that was inspired in the former restaurant Mallorca in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Succulent. Roast suckling peak, a smacking of his lips, and we are thrilled by his trilling R's and hissing S's. We like the sound and take his recommendation. The long E in peak might let us think it is something else. The vowel tickling our ears distracts us from deciphering sucklings, synonyms. My infant is at home with grandma. We order the pig and a pitcher of sangria with tapas, fried fruit de mer. None of us can identify the creatures, but they taste good in sauces, and we forget trawling nets. We forget the sweat of the fishermen and all the workers lined up before the friar chef submerges them again. We forget down more sangria and suck on orange slices, already intoxicated when the baby hog arrives on a platter, wreathed in red and green roasted vegetables, steaming potatoes and rosemary sprigs, all slightly charred. Its blackened cloven feet curl up fetus-like on its side. Its mouth rests open as if breathing. Its eye isn't closed. I imagine it to be milky blue, like my son's eyes are blue. My son sleeps on his back, his arms over his head, a pose we call friedful in German, at peace. The piglet is crispy and blistered, mostly hairless, except at its ears. Crispy, crispy baby. I excuse myself to call my mother. He sleeps freedful, and no, there is no fire. I look again at the piglet, sip my sangria, and avert my eyes for the carving. No blood-stained butcher is breaking into the room where my baby sleeps to dress him delicious. It is at peace now, I tell myself. But its mother? 
The Butcher, the Baker, the Candlestick Maker by Kristen Gunlock The Butcher, the Baker, the Candlestick Maker had a secret they shared. At the end of the long, weary workday of toil, of laughter, of prayer, they gathered together come hither with a fiery look in their eyes for the cookies that they would be baking all under the moonlight's disguise. For the butcher, you see, was quite frightened to tuck away his cleaver and vats, shifting into a messy dough puncher, tossing flowers and pressing cakes flat. The candlestick maker was quiet, a resolved, peaceful-like man, who dolled himself in bright glitter to complete the dough orders at hand. He'd rub his wax-hardened fingers, loosen his collar and tie. He kneaded the dough with a simper and a twinkle in his eye. The baker was not a man at all, but a woman quite clever and sharp. She found herself quite elated to host this grand party at dark. So the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker huddled together to dream, warming the yeast, stirring the milk, all under sweet Dublin's moon gleam. Lest it be the smell of the wild bread rising, or the crisp of the cookie's toast edge, perhaps all too strong in their temptings to keep the two men on their hedge. Keep a lookout for a butcher with a swagger and an uneven cut, singing show tunes under his breath and growing a rather large gut. The candlestick maker, my trusty friends, he may just be harder to find. Perhaps look for the glint of the glitter. It might just catch your eye. My name is Emma Paris. I am a 16-year-old poet living in Putney, Vermont. I have been writing intensively for over five years. My poetry has appeared in Chautauqua, The Brattleboro Reformer, Vermont Digger, Young Writers Project, Skipping Stones Magazine, Dear Adult World, Poem City Montpelier, Poems Around Town Brattleboro, Encore Prize Poems, and New Moon Girls Magazine. The poem I'm going to read is titled My Daughter, Erotica Goddess. It's part of my My Daughter collection about the inner child, and it received a gold key in the 2023 Scholastic Art and Writing Awards. My Daughter, Erotica Goddess. I imagine this season as a dream of becoming Apple and Haro, leaving a skin shed in the bathtub instead of tears, leaving the robe over the door and drying like a leaf in the ragged wind. On this night, the moon is a full bowl of broth over the empty socket of my body. On this night, I charge like an ancient mare through this vision of October and wake up on the other side. Veil tickling my eyes, I sway through the in-between. My body has always straddled like a woman in heat. Waking up in the planet's rotation and continuing to prosper in the breathy, fluid Halloween of the goddess. Homage to the broken tongue we speak in like gulls. I call a prayer up to God, and instead, the mystical, shadowy goddess swells up in the hollow of my collar and the dips of my pelvis, the stretch of skin across my lower back, and speaks to me through my daughter. Darling, the dahlia doesn't bloom all year round. This elegant dysphoria owns me lovesick, and I have no cure other than complying. I stand among her fallen antlers, burying these feelings like a body. My name is Joanne Jagoda. I live in the Oakland Hills. I'm a grandmother of seven. 
I discovered rather late in life that I loved writing and it became my passion. My unexpected writing trajectory began when I retired and by chance took an excellent writing workshop in the Amherst Method. From that one workshop, I began writing every day and sending my work out all over. I've been widely published and I've won contests and prizes. I take writing workshops every week and I've worked with some great Bay Area poets. The pandemic gave me an opportunity to put together my first book of poetry. I figured, why wait? It was time. So much was going on. The name of my book is My Runaway Hourglass, 70 Poems for 70 Years. The poem I will read today is from my book, and it's one of my favorites. And it's also the favorite of audiences when I read poems to them. It is an imaginary conversation between me and my grandmother, my Oma, whom I never met or knew. I think about her especially in the spring because that was when she was taken away on May 15, 1946, in a train to Auschwitz. I would have called you Oma. I would have called you Oma. You would have called me Little Doll. I would have cuddled in your lap. You would have told me your stories. I would have gone to you when I was hurt. You would have kissed away my tears. I would have looked like you. You would have laughed when people said that. I would have had your high cheekbones. You would have fussed with my straight hair. I would have slept on your shoulder. You would have sung to me about geese and rabbits. I would have made cutout cookies with you. You would have taught me your recipes. I would have run to you with my report cards. You would have been in the first row of my graduations. I would have helped you when you were sick. You would have sat with me when I had the chicken pox. I would have told you my secrets. You would have kept them forever. I would have brought around my sweetheart. You would have welcome, welcomed him into your arms. I would have stood under the marriage canopy. You would have wept tears of joy. But they shipped you on the train to Auschwitz and you walked to the showers of gas. Your precious light extinguished forever. And when I hold my own sweet grandchild, I think about you. I would have called you Oma. Thank you. My name is Jamie Lamb. I am a biracial queer woman who is quietly from the corn part of Illinois, but I am currently fawning over the moss in Savannah, Georgia. I graduated from Knox College with a degree in English as well as creative writing. I am attempting to conquer three genres, creative nonfiction, poetry, and urban fantasy. On one hand, I write trauma with a flourish and attempt to beautify the ugly. On the other, I play in witches, werewolves, and ghosts. In general, I wish everyone to drink water, breathe, and eat chocolate if you can. This poem is about cutting ties with a woman who was never really much of a mother. Severing. I watched her cut watermelon in the kitchen, the way mothers just do. 
these days. I drown the daughter you had under purple blackish dye and newborn secrets to distance. Lately, I wake to my eyes feeling wrung, despite dry. I dip my fingers into daring to dream of a woman who would have loved teaching me how to drive, what not to love in a man, the warning signs of when to take a breath and retreat back into her bridging arms. You make me mourn, whittling misery into an instrument that coddles before biting down my sounds. Some days are so staccato. I romanticize edges, razor blades, matchboxes, shell casings, bouquet apologies escalating through teeth, too deafening for me to exist, but that is where I found a silhouette of understanding. To mutilate is to suffer a love like yours. Hi everyone, I'm Sophia Zhang, a current young high school writer from the Bay Area. I've been awarded by Scholastic, Young Arts, and Women on Writing for my work. And apart from creative writing, I'm also really passionate about Pickles and Taylor Swift. Today I'd like to read y'all my poem, Lost in Translation, which is about a bit of the cultural milieu I've experienced as a second-generation Chinese-American. Lost in Translation I am a daughter of yellow clay, of white ribs, of two worlds cleaved through their middle. Once I undressed myself in the mirror and self-inflicted pressure until maps of plum purple and jade green and dry date red covered half my flesh. How I yearned for the mandarin that used to float out of my mouth as natural as breathing. Now speaking in cemented syllables is like capturing smoke. Now I undress myself in the mirror and only see half a person. Somewhere in the muddled transition from east to west, I've lost the flesh and bones of my ancestors, buried the culture I once knew in an oceanic grave. Hello, I am Finn Bell, a San Francisco Bay Area poet and the organizer of the Fincabulary Poetry online platform, as well as the co-director of the Poetry Global Network. Whenever I'm asked to prepare a group of poems, I always start with this poem as a sort of lucky charm. It brings this centering to my being. It so happens that this lucky poem is about love, the way it always begins for me in my mind, something that is tied to vivid memory, longing, and the sea. This poem is titled, June Bugs. I want to cut my heart out of my chest, be my own offering to you, because you would have me, because you look at me with eyes that want to nourish all of me and fill in my gaps. I inhaled the starlight that got caught in my hair as we ran like little children in total abandonment. We ran through skies, turning their lights off one by one. Last flickers of lilac and rose as they feigned sleep. We ran through wet sand that nipped our toes and tried to swallow our feet. We ran, meeting waves trusting even if we could not see them in the dark, 
And then we stopped, astonished, as the world around our calves bioluminesced. I exhaled your starlight. I exhaled it regretfully, because it was fire in my belly. June bugs kissed your drooping eyelids. Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch, subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings. <laughs>